welcome to the podcast podcast. Am I recording? Yeah. I recording? Yeah, I'm recording. Yeah. I still hear the music from your headphones. Yeah, no, I, just, I got nervous there. I think we're good. I get nervous a lot. Mm-hmm. Move my mic a little closer. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. All I, right, so I'm good. Yeah. I don't know. If, it, yeah. It'll probably move though. I'm again. I got to get. Yeah. I'm not very good at speaking into the microphone and staying still. All right. Making sure I'm on the line. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess I'm as good as I'm gonna get. I guess. I'm gonna turn up this. Yeah, we're fine. Everything is fine. Oh. Oh. Okay. That sounds like everything's not fine. <laughs> you just had to do that because you <laughs> always exa- do that. Exhilarating podcasting <laughs> is happening. No, I don't know. Once again, I feel like I always have like extra gain in mind and my mm-hmm. voice gets distorted. But I'm like, is that because I hear my voice and then I get like that little split second and it comes back in here? I should switch mics one time <laughs> or switch channels with you. But I have yours EQ'd to your voice. Okay. But maybe someday and we'll see if I'm crazy or if it's really a problem. I need to get headphones just so I look like a legit podcaster. You know what? I was going to swap these out too. I have a pair I use at work more that are better than these and that might help me too. I just always feel like, well, again, I just feel like every podcaster needs like a pair of headphones. Hey, everybody, this is Dawn on the Pod. So I, I'm, not, I'm not a legit podcaster yet. Someday. A year and a half into to our podcasting world. Maybe someday. You'll, okay. you'll be a big, bad podcaster. I get to grow up. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, only have one, I only have one headphone input on this box. So I don't know where I'm going to. No, I just want to put my head. I just want to put oh, headphones on. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to hear anything. I was like, I wonder if I could run a splitter, and then we'll both sound bad. <laughs> Actually, it is kind of trippy to hear yourself and then hear yourself, like your internal. See, I always hate hearing myself because I don't, again, I always hate hearing myself. I did a lot of theater in high school, mm-hmm. and I think that at some point your brain just kind of like filters out your voice coming back at you or like okay. what you hear through the speakers. Yeah. And so I think that you just kind of get used to it i don't like i don't have that james earl jones super you know low reading speaking voice or right. like like keith yeah like when he would do stuff at our old podcast that we used to have and all that kind of stuff like i don't have that okay but i also just don't care anymore right like it's fine i, I understand my voice is what it is and it's not going to be the smooth sultry sounds or you I, know. I just like to pretend that i sound as cool as i think i sound and then I sound as cool as I really think I sound. There you go. And then I just don't know that any better. Uh, yeah, I don't. It, you know what? People still subscribe <laughs> and still listen. So our annoying voices must be. Or, or. <laughs> they don't. And, well, I guess you you know numbers. I don't know if you look yeah, at those it, things. or. Yeah, I do. Just out of curiosity. And they never change. Okay. So so you still listen to us then? Yeah. There's okay. still, still a fan base. So our voice isn't that them. bad. Right. Or it's the word of God bringing... Yeah. I heard that thump. Yeah. I don't think the mic's picked it up. <laughs> so if you hear thumps, again, we're in our ba- we're in my basement. Right. And there's a bunch of kids all running upstairs and jumping and, and that sort of thing. And that's just how it works in our household. That's how so, it works like I think in every I'm trying to find your gain. Okay. Yeah, everything's fine except for your gain is a little bit funky. I'm missing my gain. No, 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 no. You had too much. Oh, too much gain. I've there got plenty go. of gain. I I swear, even though I said the master, I change it every week. I swear it comes back and like undoes itself. Maybe I'm, I just got to make sure I save it, I guess. Yeah, just mark it. Oh. I, on, my, on my computer screen. No, <laughs> I, know the val- I know the value. Oh, okay. The value is like negative uh, 0.5, but whatever. 
All right. And all the I, rest of you are just as confused as I am. Yeah. No, I I had a eye inspection. Uh-huh. Doctor, eye doctor. What do oh. they call that? Uh, Check eye doctor. Eye inspection. Optopromist. Optopromist. Optomist. Yeah, I, I got my... Optomist? Uh, yeah, that guy. Optomist. Op- optometrist. <laughs> optometrist. There you go. That's it. And I got my values for my prescription, and I was like, I don't know what these mean. <laughs> I'm like, what? I have a negative 75 eye here, but I have like a plus 25 eye there. What does all that it's mean? It's called LASIK. I... Can they do that with astigmatism? Yeah, I had an astigmatism. Yeah. It's really crazy because like you're sitting in the chair, you don't go to sleep at all, so they don't. I'm, I'm no, a no, no. My wife told me she's like, you smell the burning. I'm guessing they numb you, and then they you see them cut your eyelid. No, shut up. And then you go blind, and you're like, you have no clue what's going on. You just feel them up there, but you don't feel pain. You feel them moving. You can't see because you saw them actually cut like some sort of lining there. And and at, at the time it didn't bug me, but as soon as I like finished, I stood up, walked, and then passed out. So I didn't <laughs> pass out till afterwards. <laughs> I was like, "What just happened to me?" <laughs> uh, actually, it's funny. The my new prescription that's being prepared right now, or whatever they do, they build it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I work for a software development company, I spend so much time in front of a computer. Mm-hmm. And it's actually this like blue wave UV wave blocker to oh. like protect my eyes. Okay, like I guess it's kind of a new. Studies are finding like the blue UV that comes off of your screens is like super bad for both your eyes and then also like your like sleep cycles and all this other stuff. Really? And so it's like my new glasses are gonna have this blue wave blocker. Wow. So aside from not wanting to have my eyelids cut by a laser, I, I'm also getting the benefit of this blue <laughs> blue wave. Well, next next time I get LASIK, I'll just get some blue light blocker thing in, in there. Like Yeah, just have them just slide in a lens in your eyeball. You know, it looks like that. I mean, it looks like that's what they could do. I No, I fear if they ever have to do a touch-up, because I remember. Uh, my, my wife had her follow-up, her, mm-hmm. like, whatever it was, like, every 10 years you're supposed to get the follow-up. Or whatever. She just had one of those. Oh, no, I'm close and, to a follow-up. Well, she said it was everything was fine. Okay. Like they said that everything looks great. No, okay. No need for any readers or. See, see, I was afraid that like the touch up things, like I'm just, again, if they ever have to do a touch up, that scares me because again, I remember <laughs> and then my imagination is like probably worse than reality, but that doesn't help when I'm actually going through it. Well, speaking of being cut up by lasers, let's talk about Israelite warfare. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Do they have lasers? I, mi- I missed that verse. Yeah, it was in the book of Star Wars. Okay, uh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was um, trying to segue. I was like, hey, how do we... Are you reading... I guess the Catholic... Stab him in the eyeball. The Catholic Bible doesn't have that book. Which which <laughs> version <laughs> has that? Um, is it the Book of Mormon? Uh, and is it in Greek or Hebrew uh, or what? <laughs> well, we, d- we derived the word laser from <laughs> lights. Wait, laser is the acronym. Is it? Shoot, Yeah. So it stands for like lazy. Hold on a minute. More more apples, tantalizing listening. Let me see what laser stands for. Zoom. Or laser e- ear. Hold on, um, it's probably round. Lights. Light amplified by stimulation emission of radiation. That does not spell laser. Well, that's what it stands for. But that's not what it spells. <laughs> People are dumb. <laughs> it's light, so L. A is amplification by, so it would be a labster, uh, stimulated emission of radiation. Yeah. That's what laser is. So, so really, Got these big someone lasers. can't spell? Yeah. <laughs> right. Put a B in it. It's a silent B. I guess a, la- a laser sounds cooler than the labster. 
you know. I don't know. Yeah, man, we got a lab, sir. Let's take the B out and call it a laser. So last right. time <laughs> we discussed uh, court cases and laws concerning uh, basically uh, what happened. Well, I don't remember how far we went, but uh, basically what happens in personal relation crime. So what mm-hmm. happens if somebody harms somebody and what uh, trial looks like and what justice looks like as far as that goes. Now we're going to talk about kind of the... Uh, I'm doing the recap. Oh, and the co- the uh, the laws during of witnesses, two witnesses. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, kind of the it was kind of the civil level, and now we're going to talk about how they're to conduct themselves during war. So, so I had a conversation with a lawyer over Thanksgiving. So <laughs> this is our first thing over Thanksgiving, and I talked to him. I was like, I was so excited because he was talking about a case or something, and I was like, you know, I was like, if there's two witnesses. As he's like, you need two witnesses? He's like, well, I got a case right now that doesn't have any witnesses. It's just person versus person. And I was like, well, you need two witnesses and evidence. And I was like, but there's a place in there for evidence. And I said, if if you still can't figure it out, then you have a judge and a Levite. And he's like, but what am I going to do in this case? And I was like, well, you go before God. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, this is a court of law. We can't have God here. And he's like, what does your Bible say? He's like, do I have to have two? And he was drilling me. I was like, dang, I know why you're a lawyer. But uh, I was like, but you don't understand. They had God to help them out. And it, it was an interesting conversation. And at first I was like, you're mean. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was, I was sitting there going, you know, our society is so very different, that idea. And so to bring up, to have God be an intercessor or have God, I don't know if intercessor is the right word, but to have God be one that provides the wisdom for the judge to make the uh, the decision, it makes no sense if you don't genuinely have God as the center of your, of your court system. Well, yeah, because you're looking at a relativistic, law made by or a morality made up by men if you have no uh absolute authority to place it on yeah because it comes back to who's to say that stealing is wrong who's Mm -hmm. to say that murder is wrong you're just acting within so that you're saying the foundation of your laws are founded on uh plain and simply what we feel Mm -hmm. Well, even in those difficult situations... Wait, wait, wait. Are we going to just have like... We're sorry. 10 minutes in. Should we just I'm have sorry. A, wait, 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 wait. I got to go. Should we just have the pure banter podcast? I don't know. I don't we, think people would stay with us. We can go on to 20. All right, let's go on to Okay, 20. we'll go to 20. All right. Uh, this is another one I might have to timestamp and say, hey, if you really want to hear it, <laughs> that's more Well, because I actually started out going, oh, we're not going to have any banter. We just talked for an hour before yeah. we got into it. <laughs> and then, that was about home improvement. This is about <laughs> warfare. All right, go ahead and read read, uh, verses 1 through, what did we say, 9? Yeah, 1 through 9. All right, yeah. Okay. So when you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to the battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart be faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. Then the officer shall speak to the people, saying, Is there any man who has built a new house and has not dedicated it? 
Um, let him go back to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man dedicate it. And is there any man who has planted a vineyard and has not enjoyed its fruit? Let him go back to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man enjoy its fruit. And is there any man who has betrothed a wife and has not taken her? Um, let her or let him go back to his house, lest he die in battle and another man take her. And the officer shall speak further to the people and say, Is there any man who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go back to his house, lest he make the heart of his fellows melt like his own. And when the officers have finished speaking to the people, then commanders shall be appointed at the head of the people. So <clears throat> this co- probably could still go on because it's very interesting how like in our own culture, such as that conversation we were just having, if God's not mm-hmm. in it, or to put God in a situation that is in the matters of military or law, seems inconceivable. It sounds stupid. And yet they seem to make God very much the part of it and seems to be very important um, in their decisions, whether it be making a a judgment decision on a crime, but even in a war decision as well. Was that a question? No, it was just a (laughs) comment on... It's just interesting. It's just interesting to see where if you bring up God in any of Mm. these situations... In our current context, people look at you like you're stupid. Oh yeah, I mean, but especially if you're to have the priest come out and do a, a rallying cry, right? You know. But I don't know. I just thought that was interesting, and and even when I brought up the lawyer thing, I was like, you know, I just you know I lost that argument according to current day, but it makes sense to to go before God and to, to seek out His wisdom in those matters. Yeah, I think that there's um. There's a lot of wisdom, and I think that like to, I, I don't know how to put this because I'm not really good with like, like ethics, mm-hmm. and that sounds horrible. I'm horrible with that. Like I did, I I took ethics in Bible college, and mm-hmm. so I took biblical ethics and um, modern business ethics. So I've taken both of those, but like I still don't feel like I argue well with it or where it comes from because I do feel that ethics have to be built on a foundation. And a lot of times ethics are built more on a tradition mm-hmm. um, or a, like I said before, it's built on a feeling. So to go, to go out into battle, we have the Geneva convention. We have, you know, uh, which m- a lot of our war crimes and things like that are decided by multiple nations and things like that based on some random common good. But I would argue that a lot of those are probably still founded on a biblical principle whether the countries that were deciding that were arguing from a biblical perspective or not. So, you know, there's probably a lot of Protestant and Catholic influence Mm -hmm. initially uh, for like how uh, criminals are treated during wartime, how battles are fought. Like you can't use um, uh, nerve agents and gases during battle uh, that those are war crimes. Um, if somebody surrenders, you're not supposed to kill them. That's a war crime. Um, harassing citizens or shooting innocent people is, is a war crime. Uh, all sorts of things. Like we've decided based on some moral structure, but that structure is, no matter how you look at it, probably rooted in a biblical precedent. Mm-hmm. I don't think, because it's funny, the nations that we were against, you know, like mustard gas was used by the Germans, and like they were pretty much a godless country, atheistic ruled country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was the, like the, the British in the, 
U.S. that we're setting out our principles of warfare, saying, yeah, you, you know, the you can't do this, and because we had a biblical frame of reference, mm-hmm. and not saying that like an atheist can't have good morals. It's just what are your morals founded on? Okay, that was rough. That was hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll I'm, get I'm in, not good with that. We'll, we'll get into that later. But anyway, well, actually, there's a book called Old Testament Ethics for the People of God. That sounds um, familiar. Is that right? written by Christopher Wright? I, say, I thought we um, talked about that before. Yeah. I just never read it. And and it's a big book. And I, I read it a, a bunch of years ago when I f- had my first kid. And <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I really need to know about Old Testament. <laughs> so as I was reading it, I was tired. And so I dropped the book on my head many times. So I, I don't know how much I got out of it. But from what I remember, it was a good book. And I'm actually plan. I've been planning on going back and reading it because I keep do looking you still at own it. it. I do still own it. Okay. But now they have it on Kindle. So I probably will buy it on Kindle because it's a much smaller. Yeah, you know, my phone's much smaller than that big book that I'd have to carry around. Not that we haven't had enough side pet peeve conversations and banter, but dude, my library has got to get with it on the ebooks. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to like things like by obscure <laughs> Old Testament scholars, mm-hmm. they're severely lacking. They are, they are, uh, and I need the again. Then uh, right now, I have my library. Uh, I'm getting rid of my paper stuff because I don't have room to put it all. I'm, I'm just going to look at Libby and see what... Libby is the library app. Um, <clears throat> see what Christopher Wright, if anything, pulls up and is available. So talk about the Old Testament right. while I look this So up. anyway, <laughs> so in the, the first part of that, um, it talks about um, horses and chariots. Um, ultimately, uh, this was kind of the pride of the great uh, ancient Near Eastern imperial armies. Um, so when you're talking horses, everything matching, Christopher Wright, no, no results. Okay, yeah, no results for that. Straight up. Thanks, Libby. So Thanks Amazon, for nothing. That's where you got to go. Yeah. So horses and chariots uh, were the pride of the great ancient Near Eastern Im- uh, Im- imperial armies. Um, and so ultimately, when you're talking about them not being afraid of the horses and chariots, um, these are going to be much larger, more powerful armies that ultimately um, Moses is telling them to not be afraid of, where I probably would have pooped my pants and <laughs> ran the other direction. Um, and so this is this is kind of the scenario that they're walking into, is they're walking into what I'm going to put in quotes, legit nations during this time, right. being bigger, more powerful nations. And they're t- telling this much smaller, well, they're not even really a, they don't even have their own land yet, um, telling them not to be afraid of these places that they're going. Um, and that, that's kind of a big deal. But, but then they're saying, well, here's the reason not to, because you're remembering the person that's got your back is the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt with you uh, and will be and, with you. And remember that Egypt was the de facto superpower. That's true. That's so true. There, it would basically be saying, and don't, don't get all nationalist on me here people mm-hmm. but that would be like you know if uh everybody who lived in the great state of ohio left ohio and ran up to canada and then decided to take on the united states mm-hmm. i mean yeah we got a lot of people we have some well-trained people but when you're going up against like a, a nation like the u.s if you're not fearing them you're stupid mm-hmm. you, you know there's a lot to be afraid of but in this case israel is leaning on Yahweh saying, hey, we're going to like trust in your power. You delivered us from the superpower before. So, yeah, sure, we can take Canada. And, <laughs> and, and sorry. It, sorry, you three Canadians. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we tried once and we got our butts whooped. Um, well, that's what French controlled. <laughs> okay. like, we were like, hey, you know what, French, Frenchie, go up, go up to 
Quebec. Right. <laughs> you know, we want you cold. <laughs> so now, now we did lose them all. Um, <laughs> but, it, but I mean, because in this, he says, do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. And I realize even just in my own life where I'm not even going against these big nations, but how many times I fear and panic and be in dread. And so this is a big deal to say go you're going against these nations don't don't fear and panic and i was like man there's too many other things i fear and panic about and they're much much smaller than this right um so i just thought that was kind of interesting yeah that's a good that is a good point we <clears throat> we panic about like you know little things yeah all, all the time all day uh you know i'm <clears throat> we, we panic about like uh medical bills well mm-hmm. you know they're gonna have more than medical bills right after this. <laughs> You're going to have a mobilized army that has basically a rolling fortress right. for each individual person mm-hmm. and the ability to like flank you without you being able to do anything about it. Yeah. So. A little bit bigger than medical bills. Yeah. So um, so anyway, so I thought that was interesting. Um, you got anything else on that part? or? Uh, uh, that, those specific first, what, like four? Oh, yeah, that, that was the four verses. So I mean, yeah. I think there's definitely um, some in five through nine. Not really. Yeah, five through nine, I thought it was interesting that there were some provisions put in for people that were just basically starting to get into the land and being able to celebrate it. Like God understood like, Hey, if you, you know, you're engaged to be married, like go home, have a chance to be married and to be, you know, to enjoy marriage. Or if you're, if you're planting a vineyard, go enjoy the blessings that the land is offering you before you come and fight for it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting, but then I was like, well, isn't that like everybody? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> they've hit like <laughs> a lot of people here. I mean, it's like, well, you just gave me a reason to go home. See you Let later. See here. You plant a vineyard by having enjoyed its fruit. Get out of here, dude. Or like, right. That would um, be everybody, wouldn't oh, it? You're, you're building a house. Well, you know what? Why don't you go live in the house for a while? Uh, but, you know, I think, I, I think it was a fact that when you look at it, it was the, let's see. Is this the land? The army is far off because this isn't, or is this warfare period? Um, actually, I don't know because I think there was a, a point where they had to conquer those that were in the land. Because mm-hmm. he even discusses later, like this is the for battles with nations far off. Yeah, but but when you're battling the Canaanites and the Jebusites and the Amalekites or whatever kites, um, all those guys, like you know different rule of warfare, which we'll get to later. Yeah. But so I think that this is more of a, like during wartime, like when you're fighting a nation that's not, a- after you've been in the land and you've lived in it after, because you had to conquer, okay, literally, Got they it. had to move in and conquer the land before they could live in it. So they right. had to conquer those nations before they could even put a, you know, a pull on the ground and say, this is my land kind of thing. And, and I think later on, they, they, I mean, if I remember correctly, there was a, a clear, um, a clear directive. And I don't remember if it was Moses in Deuteronomy or if it was in Joshua. And that clear directive was once you conquer the land that you're going to be in, you're not supposed to stop there. You're supposed to help the rest of the tribes conquer their land and then go back and enjoy that your land. That was Deuteronomy. That was our um, so, yeah. so I guess we'll get to that later on. No, I thought we already got to it. Did we? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think that was like an earlier chapter. It's like basically like you're, just because you're settled doesn't mean your work is done. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I think that the, the, these rules of warfare are definitely for, you know, after that initial conquest, but that's kind of conjecture, but that's what I would argue. But but still, not not quite your... 
I don't think you'd nor find this in like one of your big military handbooks. By the way, tell everyone that has something better to do to go do it and to leave the army. It's like, well, wait a second. The more yeah. people, the better, right? But but if the strategy isn't necessarily more people or militarism, and, and in fact it's God being the center and the one that fights your battles, then, then ultimately this is a good strategy to have if you're trying to keep God as the center of of what it is that you're doing as a nation. Yeah, I agree. And I think that also... Um, kind of the point I made before that I said before is he wanted his people to have the land as a blessing mm-hmm. and he wanted them to experience that. And I think that in some ways, and this is counting everybody except for the faint hearted right. guy at the end. Um, it's something to fight for at that point. Mm-hmm. Like you are realizing, Hey, I, I want to protect this blessing that God has given us. So right. like, how are you going to protect something that you don't understand? Mm-hmm. It, it's done. But I think that like once you really have a taste of the fruit of the land or, you know, you've laid down your roots, you've built a home, you've gotten married, you're, you know, potentially having kids and stuff like that. Right. Those are those are also good backing reasons to, you know, hey, this God has blessed me. I need to protect these blessings mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yep. And, and Christopher Wright suggests, um, he said, it is clear that the important aspects of normal life in the land take precedence over the requirements of the army. Um, and he, he continues on in that, but later on says family and community life stood above the war effort and were not to be sacrificed to it. Um, it's so un-American, right? It really is. And, and I put down there like in big, bold, okay, it's not bold, but it's at least red. Um, and yeah. the other stuff is in a different color that the God is different. I mean, once again, we're continuing to see in Deuteronomy and we're continuing to see in the way that God has set us apart, that the way that we do things isn't normal and that, the way that we do things that isn't normal actually is usually better. Um, and so that they take such a, a, an important aspect of family and community and putting that above, say, the spoils of war and, and of fighting in the army, mm-hmm. I think is a powerful statement to say about God's desire for his people and, and God's desire for how he wants them to live. I agree. I agree 100%. There's a, there's a, a peace precedent, I guess you could say, or a, a prosperity not prosperity, like the whole mandate, be fruitful and multiply. There's a, I don't want to say productivity, but I guess it's kind of a combination between those two. Be prosperous, be productive. It holds a higher weight, it appears, mm-hmm. and be peaceful. Peaceful, yeah. man, dude, I could put a sermon well, with all those Ps. But, but, but <laughs> what's crazy is, you know, we always, at least this is what I hear a lot. I don't like the God of the Old Testament. He's yeah. so mean, violent. Right. And, and it's like, but wait a second. When you look at this and then you look at our current culture and world today, really, what is more violence? Like the Old Testament that you're afraid of or the current culture that you usually support? That, that glorifies um, violence. Yeah, absolutely. Or if it doesn't, it's got a weird pacifism <clears throat> that's contradictory in right. many regards yeah. or overly pacifistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all intents and purposes, I would prefer a pacifist. I would prefer my kids to be pacifistic because any sort of violence is a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. And it shows in most cases <clears throat> that there's some kind of malice going on. Something couldn't be worked out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not arguing that you can't defend yourself because I would, you know, I, taught my kids to defend themselves you know right like we we learned how to punch you know kind of thing in my house but like i just would rather they never had to mm-hmm. if they never punch or have are never punched well 
they hit each other all the time. <laughs> He's <laughs> got they, a house they, full of boys. Yeah. If they, if they never have to go through that, then I would count that as God blessing them, mm-hmm. never having to go through that kind of anger, that kind of pain right. kind of thing. But all that to say, a lot of times, like pacifism nowadays is, is more or less a way of worship. Right. It's worshiping a nonviolent nature. Mm-hmm. But that's a different podcast, I all guess. Right. Um, th- this last guy, the faint-hearted fellow um, who's in the army, um, he gets a pass as well. So it doesn't use the word coward, and I even tried to look in the Hebrew to see if like coward was ever making an appearance there, and it it didn't. It actually like well, let me see. Um, it's actually like panic, or like prone to panic was like the translation. Let me see if I can find. I feel it. like I would be a faint-hearted one. You're prone to panic? Um, I don't know. If I feel like I'm about ready to get shot, maybe. Yeah, I think if you pointed a gun at me, there's a pee <laughs> running down my leg. Uh, I don't see it. I looked it up. I don't think I looked it up in this book. But basically, yeah, it's basically one who's uh, uh, afraid or easily panicked or easily startled is kind of the way to put it. And uh, I think Christopher Wright might have been the one who said, like, that type of person is not good for morale anyway. That's true, yeah. So that, I mean, that's not even somebody you want. <laughs> Guys, I'm really scared right now. Should we really be doing this? You know, kind of like. Just think about what's good. Just think about what happens if you get stabbed or shot. Oh, what? Yeah, what uh, excuse me? What? I didn't think yeah. about it. Um, yeah, what are you thinking? Let's go. Could somebody get, could somebody get John Doe away from me? He's, right. he's freaking me out. Like, we're all inside. Or, you know, like, he's giving away our position. You know, mm-hmm. he's running scared. What are, you know, and. So you don't want that anyway, but I thought that was interesting. I thought initially when I was reading it, I was like, huh, send the cowards home. You don't want them around. And it's like, oh, it's not really even that. Mm-hmm. It's a type of person. It's somebody who's not cut out for war is basically. And I, there's nothing like bad. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing. This is. And the officer shall speak further and say to the people, is there any man who is fearful and faint-hearted? So is there any man who is afraid or easily startled? Let him go back to his house, lest he make the heart of his fellows melt like his own. And when the officers <coughs> finish speaking to the people, then commander shall be appointed at the head of the people. And that was it. There wasn't like chastise them for being mm-hmm. wusses. It, don't make fun of them. Call them chicken on their way. You know, yep. there's, there's none of that. I thought that was... Amazing that it, like, it's recognized that not everybody's cut out for this. And, and our hyper-violent, overly quick-to-pull-the-trigger society, and you can argue against me, but I'll say that that is something that people tend to make fun of. Yeah. Like, oh, you're too afraid to be... Like, we have the whole stolen dollar thing where people pretend they're army soldiers that never were because they want that, oh, you must be big and tough and, you know... People lie about their past, and or, or you know all that kind of. Stuff. I don't know. I could go on and on. I just thought it was kind of neat. I've never been in the military because I'm faint-hearted. I've never been in the military because uh, I wanted to do intelligence, and I had some uh, issues uh, legally. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy was making it sound like he couldn't promise me I'd get what I wanted. Okay. Kind of thing. The recruiter. Yeah. So I was like, well, unless I can really, I wanted to do. Uh, uh, 
intelligence and spying and stuff like that. Ooh, okay. And they're like, well, you have to have a clean record and blah, 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 and you have to pass a polygraph test. And I was like, well, okay, so I had this incident with vandalism and graffiti uh, <laughs> kind of thing, and I, I broke into a house once. So like, is that going to be a problem? And he was like, yeah, that's that could be a problem if you can't pass a lie detector test. And I was like, well, but if you can make it so it's not a problem, can we do it? Like, this guy was all like, have you ever done drugs? You're like, don't worry about it, because we've all done drugs. We'll get you in anyway. You know, it's like, uh-huh. oh, okay, this is great. And then, like, the one thing I want to do is like, well, I don't know if you can do that. I was like, <laughs> all right. All right, Mr. Recruiter, you're not doing your job. So I really stopped talking at that point. Oh, wow. Okay. I was supposed to go to Cedar Point with them. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was like, no, I don't want to go to Cedar Point. <laughs> I want to do spy stuff. I can do spy stuff. I don't want to do it, because I don't want to, as my dad put it, I didn't want to be a bullet catcher. Like, I didn't want to be, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. That was not what I signed up for. So I was, don't now, blame you. If this was a bad recruiter and I still could have done it, well, it's probably better I wasn't in the military anyway. Right. But still, that's <laughs> the one thing I wanted to do was basically grow up to be James Bond. That's fair. <laughs> like, that, you know, who doesn't want to be James Bond? I don't even know. It was, it was more like Mission Impossible. Like okay. I want to be more like Ethan Hunt. Like, okay, I want. I got that vision in my head. So. I probably wouldn't have been a good soldier. Well, and, and he never dies anyway, so you know you're right? okay. And even if he gets shot, like it doesn't matter. I mean, well, I it doesn't hurt him. I honestly think this was like during Mission Impossible 2 was like when that version came out. So the first Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise was right. like crafty and a little less like blow everything up. The second one is like, yeah, hang off the side of a cliff while blowing stuff up. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, the, the route I was going and. Because I wasn't allowed to do that, possibly. I like to pretend. Like, when I see one of those movies and, and I leave, Sarah, like, laughs at me because, like, I'll pretend there's explosions behind me and, like, roll on the ground and hide behind cars and walk away all awesome and, you my, know. My wife's favorite thing to laugh at me about was me always saying, oh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, we could do that. We'll watch Ninja Warrior. Like, you know, if I were down a little more, I could probably do that. She's like, no, you couldn't. You have to work out a lot more. Like, I mean, I could, you know. Your wife's supposed to be encouraging. <laughs> she's supposed to encourage your dreams. I, I like, yeah. She's like, yeah, of course you can like strike out your son. He's 11. Like, <laughs> you're throwing faster than him. But yeah, just give him a year. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I could have played Major League Baseball, honey. No, no, you couldn't. <laughs> I just didn't want to. <laughs> I just wasn't good enough at the time. <laughs> but now, yeah. now I can. I mean, forget the fact I never played college baseball. Right. But man, I so could have done it. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to read 10. Watch my dreams crash on the Bakesh podcast. Did you all hear it? We need like something that has sound effects or something. Don't they do that on like... Like a board or something? I, I could After Effects, like... <clears throat> here's me like cutting and pasting and explosion. I'm just going to go get one of those like cheap things off like Amazon or something and be like... Yeah. <laughs> That's our budget, people. That's our budget. <laughs> All, All right, right man. Yeah, go on and read the next set of verses. Right. I'm going to read 10 through 18. All right. <clears throat> when you draw near to a city um, to fight against it, offer terms of peace to it. And if it responds to you peaceab- peaceably and it opens to you, then all the people who are found in it shall do forced labor for you and shall serve you. But if it makes no peace with you, but makes war against you, then you shall besiege it. And when the Lord your God gives it into your hand, you shall put all its males to the sword. But the women and the little ones, the livestock and everything else in this city, all its spoils, you shall take as plunder for yourselves. And you shall enjoy the spoil of your enemies, which the Lord your God has given you. Thus, you shall do it to all the cities that are very far from you, which are not cities of the nations here, but... In the cities of these people, that peoples that the Lord your God is giving you, 
for an inheritance, you shall save alive nothing that breathes, but you shall devote them to complete destruction. The Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and the Lord your God has commanded that they may not teach you to do according to all their abominable practices that they have done for their gods, and so you sin against the Lord your God. I'll take the terms of peace. Me too. <laughs> not, um, not being in their land, like yeah. the far away thing. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, even here, um, we see an aspect of peace. I don't know what the, I didn't look into this, maybe you did. I don't know what the different reasons for um, fighting far off places would be. Um, but, uh, I mean, they, they offered them first um, terms of peace. And I guess they had the chance to go ahead and take it. And if they didn't, well, then you go ahead and kill all the men that are there. Um, I find it interesting that they didn't kill the women and children. And, and I know some of you may say, well, they took them as spoil. But, but actually, if next week when we talk about Deuteronomy 21, 10 through 14, um, we're going to find out that, that actually there was a way of protecting even the women um, that actually were, 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 were taken from these different places. So it's not like they were allowed to, to necessarily treat all the women bad. Um, however, if you were in this land that they were taking over, sucks to be you because male, well, what, if you breathe, you're dead. Yeah. Um, but if you're thinking about God's people and the inheritance that he's setting up for them and the horrible, abominable practices that we've been reading about, then that is a, a good way of making sure that um, people are following God's commands and that they can um, live for a while within this area that, they've, uh, that, they're, that they're taking over and, and making their land. Uh, the, so the initial, <laughs> the, the people from far away were not the ones inhabiting the blessing promised to his people. Um, <clears throat> I think that the, the, dif the differentiation between them is, one, you're basically... Man, I'm trying to do this without sounding like some kind of ethnicist. Like, <laughs> um, it would be like if uh, you bought a house and somebody else like came into that house and started doing all sorts of like you know, child sacrifice and despicable acts and all that other kind of stuff, you wouldn't think twice about kicking them out, right. you know? Now, the other one is more like, it wasn't really your house to begin with, but you're still going to take over that land. Mm -hmm. So you're you're trying to expand your kingdom. Right. So there's a bit more of a, a or there's a, there's less of a righteous anger going at the, the lands far away because they weren't really, like living in your space right. and doing despicable things in your space. Mm -hmm. Like who knows what they're doing, but it's definitely not, it wasn't in your home country. Well, and, and, and it's not like people can say, well, you know, they're so old school or they're, I mean, they, they were very uncivilized. I mean, why would you do that? When you think in modern history, you actually have a lot of imperialistic ideas that actually, I mean, even in our current uh, 2000 and almost 19 culture, when you get this, you still have this, you still have very imperialistic ideas within these countries. And we don't always legitimately, I mean, these countries we put, quote, our modern and first world countries, they still um, take what they want violently and with killing. Well, I mean, that's a, right um, at the time we're recording this, there's the Ukraine, uh, Crimea, Russia, 
problem still going on. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of reheightened itself. Yeah. Uh, recently, there's the you know uh, battling over a. a a waterway after somebody took over a peninsula that wasn't there, you know, mm-hmm. so there's definitely still the, that kind of nationalistic, but if you even look at the way America was taken, it was basically overrun by another country who yeah. overtook it in an imperialistic. Yeah. And even in more recent history, you still have like great Britain and France and all of those that, that ended up taking over, um, I mean, aspects of Africa, um, yeah. violently and, you know, not necessarily with, with no bloodshed. I mean, you're, you're talking about modern history, thousands of years after this happened. With westernized countries who are right. thought to be the civilized. <clears throat> right. Because they talk with an accent. <laughs> there goes the one British listener. Ah. <sighs> but but anyway, so I mean, we, we I guess the Old Testament gets a lot of flack for, quote, its violence. But in all honesty, really, when you look at the the differences and when you when you look at our current culture and even back then, again, when you look at some of these Old Testament scriptures, they're actually they're much more peaceful and much less violent um, than many of the things that we do um, today. We've been the forced labor bit <clears throat> that's in there uh, speaks uh, solely to those that would be doing agricultural or construction projects, it wasn't even the same forced labor that they were in in Egypt. It Mm. wasn't beating them. It wasn't... It it wasn't cruel. Right. It was basically like, hey, you're going to do the stuff we don't want to do. You're going to work our fields. And and you're also working in an ancient Near Eastern culture where um, many of these other countries um, or many of these other surrounding nations actually would be much more violent in their their forced uh, their forced labor well, than right. say God is calling them to do in Israel. I'm going to get the wrong people group. Uh, who starts the A? Is it Assyrians? Yeah. They would come up to a city and not offer peace. They would say, pay us or you'll end up like these dead bodies behind you. Oh yeah. And, and they would use a fear-based warfare. Mm-hmm. And there actually, was no... And actually, many times they were still alive as they were torturing them right there. Right. Um, and then they'd take them away with earrings and their noses and ears and pull them. And, so, they, and these aren't little rings that you get at the mall kiosk or at the tattoo parlor. These are like bull rings shoved through your nose, and then you're tied to a chain and pulled out of the city by it. So were the Assyrians around during this this time period in, in Deuteronomy? Um, I'd have to double check. I don't think so yet. Okay. Um, if they were, they weren't organized. Right. But you still have a similar-ish culture. Again, the Syrians had probably their worst rap whatsoever. Yeah. But there well, they, are still the many of these. Psychological warfare, yeah. basically. So. Um, which you would see, actually, if you went into to Kings and you went into some Isaiah and things like that, you'll I don't think you'd they, see. Do they, I don't think they go into their tactics. They just go into their No, but conquest. you see them using psychological warfare, like yeah. against oh, like Hezekiah. He's speaking, yeah, he's and, yeah. So you already begin to see that, even with... Hey, why, why you got to speak that language? Why don't, right. why don't we talk? Uh, <laughs> even with Hezekiah's daddy, I think, you, you still see some of that yeah. that psychological warfare being brought out in, in, in the... I, mean, I think even Chronicles, some of those scriptures yeah. as well. So. And w- once again, there there was <clears throat> peace wasn't offered initially. No, it no. was It was straight up pay tributes, be assimilated, or die. Right. Like these guys. And yeah. they point to what's going on. So, yeah, it was definitely a different offer. Mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Anything else there that, that kind of stood out? Um, well, we, you know, on the flip side, and we've covered it many times, the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, uh, Perizzites, et cetera, um, 
they were just an abomination to what they were doing. They were child sacrifice. There was a lot of prostitution, uh, forced prostitution. There was a lot of um, things that just <coughs> grieved and dishonored God. So they weren't given a mm. they they weren't given a shot. It was right. cleanse that evil out of here. And um, while that might be hard to swallow in this day and age, um, you know, I don't think that we would hesitate, like when you see an ISIS mm-hmm. spring up, we wouldn't hesitate to say, hey, bomb them. Right. Like, who are very similar to a fear-based warfare where they go into a town, you know, behead a bunch of people in a square and mm-hmm. whatever. So we w- might say, oh my gosh, why are they going through and like committing a genocide to a whole people group? It's like, well, we were all angry at ISIS mm-hmm. and we all were like, bomb them, nuke them, send all whatever, you know, you can. Yeah. It's, it's very similar. So and we've like I said we've probably talked that to death, but I, you know, I guess it just bears repeating. But but it Think does. Think about it before I, you criticize it. Because I I hear so many times, oh that God of the Old Testament, I can't believe in a God like that, or, or, man, I like the God of the New Testament. Well, you got the same God right there. Yeah. Um, and and really, when you look at the Old Testament and you really read through it and understand the culture, the history, and all of that behind it, in all honesty they actually show a better way of living that, that is even probably more civilized than what we do today um, in our, quote, civilized world. So, again, yes, I think it does. I think it's important to, to continue to reiterate that because I think it's, it's a powerful statement. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I'm with you. Um, do you have anything or do you want to just finish well, it out? I think we're good. It is like two chat two. Two did verses. you read the last two verses? No, I got to read 19 okay. and 20. I thought so, and then I was like, wait, did he? Did he? Yeah. 19 and, yep. All right. And so the last two verses, because it's kind of, it goes with it, but. It's kind of a weird, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Read it. So when you besiege a city for a long time, making war against it in order to take it, you shall not destroy its trees by wielding an axe against them. You may eat from them, but you shall not cut them down. Are the trees in the field human? But they should be besieged by you. Um, Only the trees that you know are not trees for food you may destroy and cut down, that you may build siege works against the city that makes war with you until it falls. So there's a... What did you get? Because I want to see if it follows like what I read. I actually did not have a lot. Um, However, I think that it shows God's... um, I think that it shows... God's um, desire for ecological restraint, meaning that was one of the ones. Um, yeah. Meaning, it's one of those that that we are not necessarily to destroy all of God's creation. Um, I don't know if that you know, you, as, if you go back to like say Vietnam, I'm not quite sure <laughs> that we did a good job of of restraining against taking out the foliage and, and, and God's creation there. Me, I I didn't get this anywhere. But to me, it kind of made sense where if you're taking over this land for it to be your home and this is the inheritance that God has given to you, why are you destroying your food? So to me, it was a common sense thing also where that just seems stupid to destroy your food trees when you're going to come in, take over this land. That that doesn't make sense. Um, so though, though that's kind of really what I got. I didn't get much more out of that in all honesty. Uh, no, that first one, the ecological, um, <clears throat> somebody, uh, Grisanti, actually he's quoting somebody else who said, basically, as the trees go, so does man. So basically, like, as the trees go, meaning there's food, uh, shelter provided by them, uh, wood, uh, 
protection, not- et cetera. If those are all gone, there's no reason for the man to be there. So if you destroy the land, you have no reason to be there. And, and I'm not I'm not really a science guy, but isn't doesn't oxygen come from trees or something? I mean, uh, it yeah, it basically swallows up your carbon dioxide. And okay, so is that partially out. important? I don't you know. know. Again, I'm just yeah, you know, you know, not a yeah, science man. It's kind of uh, mm-hmm. one thing I remember from the uh, Mark Zees, Doctor Zees. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about how. Israel better resembled the Great Smoky Mountain National Park uh, during the times basically from, you know, when Egypt first got in there until more modern day. Mm-hmm. And where, but now when you go out there, there's a lot of barren land. There's a lot of land that had to be like reconstituted um, farming that had to be uh, an irrigation system that had to be put in that wouldn't, should not have had to have been done there mm-hmm. um, because they scorched the land, mm-hmm. uh, starting with Solomon. Basically, right. they started, uh, you know, getting, you know, just deforestation, uh, <clears throat> changing the landscape, and basically made it more of a barren desert land to where they had to redo some things. So yeah. I was like, oh, really? Because when you do think Middle East, you often think sand, and you think rough, like Afghanistan, right. tumbleweeds, and uh, Joshua trees, not like overly large cedars or mm-hmm. things like that that obviously were actually there apple trees, forests, stuff like that. But it was through the lack of good practice that they had to rebuild land that they could farm in. Huh, very interesting. So they stripped the nutrients out of the soil, et cetera, et cetera, right. through <clears throat> scorched earth policy. Um, one of the other things that was in there was um, uh, a practice of balance. Uh, since uh, he says basically that first line, like men are the trees of the field, is where people would get tripped up in saying... Um, you do not need to kill things indiscriminately. Um, you don't have to go through there like a freaking wrecking ball and say like, hey, we'll kill the people, we'll chop their trees down, and you know all this other kind of stuff. It was like, hey, hold on. There's a balance. The trees aren't the humans. The trees didn't sin. The trees have no way to protect themselves. Mm. They're not the problem here. Right. So keep that balance. Keep that harmony. Respect what God has put there, et cetera, et cetera. So those were a couple of the things that I, I read. And then, like I said, with remembering what Dr. Zeese was saying, that... At one point, it was it more or less resembled the Great Smoky Mountain National Park than it did, you know, somewhere in the Western United States. Wow. Okay, kind of thing. And I don't remember him saying that. Yeah, he was. Uh, we saw this. Did you get the video disc? It was basically like a disc with slideshows and little video cuts on it. I don't know. He. W- I don't it, remember seeing that. It was pretty cool. He okay. gave, he gave it to us, and we would do like you know what you know the satellite atlases. You had to trace yeah. all the highways. Yeah. You would do some work in the satellite atlas, and then you would watch the videos and answer some questions. I wonder if we just didn't have that. Dude, that's where he'd have the questions like, you know, uh, it'd be a serious question like you know the wadi is a term for what or you know okay, and then the next question would be like who would win in a fight, me or Professor Dyke. Like, <laughs> If I answer Zeus, will he mark it wrong? Because I should not think Zeus is powerful and di- like. It was I like, have both of you for teachers. Or it'd be like in WrestleMania nine, who fought so and so? Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, <laughs> Doctor Fudge. Like, it's like he would have all these <laughs> weird questions in there. But yeah, it was, it was on that desk. He was thought he like basically would sit by like a place that was pretty barren and say, okay. at one point this was covered in trees and grass and you know. But through deforestation and bad farming practices, blah blah blah. Right. Really cool. Really cool. If you think about it, they really 
<laughs> man, when the Israelites went all in on not obeying God, they went all oh, in. Oh, yes. Like, let's take the trees out. Let's take the farms out. But if you look nowadays uh, at some of the satellite areas, they've had to set up irrigation. And there's all these, like, man-made farms now hmm. where they're farming soil that's not really or wasn't really prepped for farming. Okay. Because they've had to make do with what they have. So Got there's it. green areas, but now there are all these man-made irrigation okay. green areas. And that sounds like probably more of a worldwide thing because, I mean, yes, they're dealing with that, but I feel like when you go to different parts throughout the world, you see lots of issues where men or people have not properly taken care of the land and in the long run has actually negatively impacted these different countries and people. How often... You you flew out west before, right? Like out to California? I've been out to California, yeah. Have you ever seen the the circles? Like the green circles from the airplane? No, I don't think so. So the irrigation systems out west are on like a pivot. Mm -hmm. So you have like a stake in the middle and then the like a (coughs) trestle of... Sprinklers will stretch okay. out from that, oh. and then a wheel and they'll go around in circles to oh, water yeah. the crops. Okay. Yeah. If uh-huh. you look down from the airplanes, you can see the circles. Okay. It's kind of an interesting view from the plane. You're like, oh, we okay. must be over the desert. It's where we've taken land okay. that wasn't really fertile, and we found a way to irrigate it and turn it into. Uh, unfortunately, they're having problems because water still doesn't exist out there, mm-hmm. and they, they have to hit groundwater or whatever. Okay. But yeah, it's that's a whole. I don't know where I was. Where yeah. I'm going? Yeah. Don's going to become a farmer. He lives in Middletown. He's getting Dude, close. I would, I'd, in a heartbeat. <laughs> the land, I, I'd be like a <clears throat> horrible farmer, but... I would too. Because I just want to like walk out and play with the cows or something. Like, well, we like one time... cow's sick. Yeah, whatever. One <laughs> time we found some land in... Was it Columbia? No, Panama. Oh, yeah. I remember when we were... <laughs> during election time, we might have been plotting on leaving. <laughs> and it was like a fruit farm. And actually, later on, they had a fire sale. And I don't know if it was really a fire sale or it was just a mistranslation <laughs> um, yeah, because it sold pretty quickly. After that. <laughs> but, you know, Sarah's like, Fuego. you would not you would not do well on a farm because I'm, I'm fairly extroverted. So, like, I'm like, All I get bored. The trees. And he's like, you'd be talking. Sarah's like, you'd be talking to the trees. You'd be talking to the cows. You'd be like going crazy. You'd be like that that guy in the, that movie that just talks to random coconuts. I'll and tell you stuff. what, we'll, we'll get the fruit farm in Panama. Okay. I'll work the farms because I don't like people. All right. And you can sell the fruit to the people Ooh, and great. talk to them. Sweet. See? All right. Score. Yeah, We're in. Boom. All right. <laughs> There's a fist bump that happened. Yes. You, hey, m- music's closing. Oh, okay. So, cool. Hey, we, we got through a whole chapter. Oh, this so, might be your second time. Rock and or roll. Yeah, I think I don't second know. time. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. We'll uh, talk to you next time. Cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.